0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson, and I'm the Managing Editor of Reader Views.
1: And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 138 in our series. Tonight's topic will be Writing Humor and Satire with special guest Tom Cornett. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is AuthorsAccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at AuthorsAccess.com. Now, Tom Cornett is not your typical humor writer. He specializes in satire musical songs of the genre that... uh, Weird Al Yankovic and others participate in. And we're going to play you now some brief samples from some of his songs during the show, including Frank and Chicken and Pussycow. So let's take a brief listen to a clip right now, and we'll close the show with a complete song by Tom Cornett.
2: Farmer Fred took some chicken parts Lights and wings and gizzards and hearts Sewed them all together with haywire Laid it on his old tractor tire started kicking, Frankin' chicken It raised up like a monster, spooky slow It screamed out with a gruely crow It climbed up on the tractor seat to drive Farmer Fred shouted, It's alive! Chicken. Franken-chicken. Farmer bread was soon about to mourn.
1: Well, good evening, Tom. Hi, Victor. Hi. Tell us uh, how you got interested in writing, because I, I understand it's a unique tale.
3: In my freshman year of high school, my teacher had an assignment, my English teacher. Uh, she wanted us to read Romeo and Juliet. We took a test the next day. I failed the test. I was always really pretty bad at tests. And she uh, told me that I didn't read the read the story, but I did. Really, dis- I kind of glazed over it, you know, how you quickly go over a story. That night, well, that night, I uh, uh, rewrote Shakespeare. I brought Romeo and Juliet into the 60s. And I handled it in to her the next day, and uh, uh, she was chuckling at it while sitting at her desk. And she had me get it up, get up and read it in front of the class. And that was the day she told me I should be a writer. Yeah. It, uh, I would probably credit her most with me taking that step.
0: Wow, bringing Romeo and Juliet into the 1960s—that must have been um, quite an interesting story that you created.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, she 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 told me later, or I heard later from my sister who knew the knew her family that uh, she had taken my story she went on to teach college english
0: uh-huh.
3: and uh, uh she was reading uh, my story to her students as an example of a writer you know a budding writer which uh, i always thought was pretty cool
0: so obviously what you did is you brought humor into the story oh yes, yes. and so <laughs> You know that's kind of you're crossing a fine line there because what is funny to some may not be funny to others oh, and yes. it's like you know I would love to be able to write humorous stories but I'm just not really sure even where to start so maybe that's where we should start is telling our listening audience and me well, where do we start how do we do this
3: I've always looked at reality with a twist Uh, I can't help myself Uh, uh, when I see someone I observe people and I put them in funny situations I've I've always done that uh, since I was a child my father was very humorous Uh, uh, I mean we were uh, there were six children in the family and there was uh, many times food was pretty sparse Uh, my mother worked in a sweatshop, and uh, uh my father had been down sick with his back and uh You can imagine how hard it is to raise six children uh, in that situation but uh we were a family that uh, uh we found a way to laugh through it all, uh even through the hard times uh you know when you, when you have flour and water to mix uh and a little salt you know to make supper um uh, i think you learn to uh uh, look at life a different way
0: well yeah but i think certain people i would think to be able to do that rather than going to you know the the depression of being in a situation like that so i'm wondering is humor actually innate, or is it something that's learned
3: I think uh, maybe a little both it's a uh, you could take the Richard Pryor story, I mean his whole childhood was tragic, you know, but uh he was too many people. he was uh, probably the greatest comic ever. when I first heard Richard Pryor uh on tape, um, I cracked up. you know, I thought you know this guy is great uh i mean even even i mean beyond the vulgarities and And everything he said I could see the basics of of what he was trying to say and and laughing at himself and you can also see if you if you listen close enough uh, to the voice of any comic that has come up from tragedy you can hear the pain
1: great uh, Tom that kind of leads into the first question which is uh, fact or fiction you know if I'm writing humor should I should I draw mainly on my experience, or should I just try and synthesize something from nothing?
3: I think for a beginning writer, it would be better uh, to draw from experience. I think you write better at that. Um, I mean, you, you just take the truth and you, you twist it a little funnier, you make it a little funnier, a, a story. Um, you know, there, there's always enhancements in it, in any story. Um, and as far as fiction goes, uh, I've written stories about, a, uh, many stories about a, a Crandall the cat. Uh, and, uh, you know, Crandall is, is always getting in trouble, you know. And uh, Crandall has an unbelievable sex drive. So he goes, you know, after the pussycats all the time. And he, gets in, he, uh, he relates things in a human way. And a lot of people find it hilarious just because it's it's a cat you know
1: great so so viewpoint has a lot to do with what makes stuff funny and 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 so forth
3: oh absolutely it's it's how you view things uh, in life um, uh, you know you, you can get uh even out of the depths of tragedy, you know you can find humor i mean. Uh, you know my first marriage was was tragic to me I've, I've I've written quite a few songs and quite a few stories based on that relationship and uh, you know some uh, some people who write would say well, well it's wrong to do that uh, I don't know where they get that because you write about the experiences of your life and uh, you know of course I don't use my ex-wife's name ever. Uh but I use the situations that we were in because it's it's reality and it's uh and you turn it into comedy from that. And uh, uh like for instance she was uh she was an extreme bingo player. She went to bingo almost every night. She would lie, cheat, steal, do anything she could to get the money to go to bingo. You know. And uh she came home on, night uh, and she was cussing this woman, uh, you know, right and left. She was calling her every name in a book. And I asked her, I said, who are you talking about? And she said, my mother.
1: <laughs>
3: and, you know, I about fell over. You know, here's a woman talking about her mother this way. And it's just, uh, you know, I had entered that lifestyle uh, of... Uh, you know I had no idea when I first married the woman you know how how she was uh, and but I soon found out when she, when the reality began to sink in and I have you know hundreds of stories from that
1: great now i hear you've written some comedy songs can you tell us about uh how that works and what makes a good song i mean i'm i've been a huge fan of tom lear forever and i, I wish uh, i could write like that
3: uh, yeah, uh I've written quite a few comedy songs. I started out writing parodies. Uh in Nashville, uh when I was in Nashville like um, uh good friend Bobby Braddock, uh, who I'd written uh written with kinda took me under his wing and uh uh was guiding me through uh uh my career at the time, or my budding career. And, uh, I was writing, uh, probably five to six songs a night and giving them to Bobby the next day. And, uh, he would call me up from his car and, uh, he would always be laughing and talk about the songs. The writing of the songs, I think, I think writing the parodies helped me more than anything. Uh, like Bobby, uh, wrote, uh, co-wrote the hit, He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones. And, uh i wrote a parody of that called he stopped dubbing her today and uh... it's about a man who uh... uh who's uh... record pirating tapes of his ex-wife and uh... You know, of course bobby thought it was hilarious uh, i wrote uh... just many many parodies and uh... i was actually at the edge of fame of sony music um, but. Uh, uh, Bobby's friend, uh, publisher and producer, made the mistake of playing my tape over the intercom. A secretary that worked there uh, sued Sony because of uh, uh, the—I don't know—the there were some sexual parts in the in the songs, and uh, she was offended by them. So uh, uh, my deal went down the drain, and uh, the guy lost his job. So,
0: uh, Tom for our listening audience what um if you can just maybe tell us some of the things that they, they can relate to that you have written
3: things that they can relate to
0: right uh you know so you said um you had mentioned that you have been co-writing uh-huh and i was just wondering if uh, you can just tell us some of the things that you have co-written that we could you know say oh yeah okay i can relate to that
3: well I wrote a uh, song with bobby uh, my okay. sister and I wrote a song with Bobby called uh, I Can't Love You Anymore, which was sang, sung by Tammy Jones on Kalano Records. As far as my uh, uh, comedy stuff, was mostly uh, it's just underground tapes. Uh, the old Garth Brooks song, I've Got Friends in Low Places, I wrote a parody of it called I Got Friends in Crawl Spaces just uh, many many more out there uh my mind's drawing a blank right now but i have probably hundreds
0: so i'm wondering tom you rate these parodies and so we're talking about songs or stories or whatever and so how do you get them let's say if it's a story how do you get those published Or people interested do you self-publish them do you is there somebody that actually publishes these
3: well you can self-publish them and uh, uh, there are publishers that uh, uh, look for novelty songs which is usually comedy a lot of publishers I think nowadays are more open to comedy than what they used to be Mm -hmm. Uh, back when I first started there were very few publishers that would even listen to comedy uh, but now i think they will because there's uh actually quite a lot of money in it it's very lucrative
0: is it um so when you were talking about you know the underground world uh just tell our listening audience a little bit about the underground aspect of it
3: well the, the underground performing is uh pretty much you know just doing the clubs it's uh it's uh you know you make your tapes or cd's what well Back in the uh, 80s and 90s, I made tapes. We didn't have CDs. But uh, I would say for now, you make your CDs uh, and you get them out to people. Uh, you start with family and friends. Um, you send them to publishers uh, and try to get uh, uh, try to get some action on them. Um, if you really want to do it, if I had a chance to do it over again, I would have just hit the road with my... Uh, with my act and, uh, and done it. Uh, but I was also a man with a wife and three children, uh, and uh, sometimes you have to make those decisions.
0: There's uh, certainly a difference between humor and satire. And it seems to me that, you know, um, from what I'm, re- I'm hearing in, or reading in books and the books that we do get in for review, Humor seems to go over a little bit better than satire. Um, for satire, you have to have a specific audience. Am, am I right in this? And maybe you can just expand a little bit on it.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, if, if you're going to write something satirical, it's, it's, uh, you're going to have a limited audience, um, uh, far less uh, than humor you know, as, as far as a, a comedy uh, market but also satire can be uh, uh, a massive hit if uh, but it takes I think it takes extreme talent to write great satire uh, uh, you look at the story uh, or the uh, movie mash and it turned into a series that's the perfect example of great satire and uh, it really really worked
1: yeah absolutely I agree with that um, Let's see, you seem to talk a little bit about improvisation. I wonder if you use improvisation as a way to hone your craft or get started on a new subject, or tell us about improv. I think you have
3: to. Uh, uh, Some people are, are, I don't really want to use gifted because uh, uh, gifted kind of uh, X's out education. Um, they're just so good at at coming up with, you know, instant comedy. You know, my nephew is very good at it. Uh, uh, I love family reunions just because he's there. To come up with something off of the top of your head, it is, it is definitely a talent, but I think it's a developed talent from childhood. Uh, some people can just say the funniest things off the top of their head, and it just, it's amazing. But to develop that talent, uh, to craft it into uh, an act, or it, uh, it can't be crafted into writing. I mean, writing is thought out and it's 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 put down, or written down. But uh, for a person uh, to do that, I would think the best practice would do a lot of what I do. Uh, you look at something... And you think, what is funny about that? And it can be anything, you know. And you'll get in the habit of th- of thinking what is funny.
1: Great. That kind of leads into where I was heading next, which is specifically observational humor. I was a huge fan of the late, great George Carlin. And I wonder if you have any tips or methods for finding the absurd in the everyday, because that seems to be the key, isn't it? <coughs>
3: Oh, absolutely! Uh, George Carlin was an absolute genius. I mean, I love the guy. Um, I, I think uh, he stepped way over the bounds of religion, which I thought was hilarious, uh, because I, it it actually made him even more popular, because I think he was saying a lot of what was in his heart. Uh, that so much so much of of what people do is crap and people just so related to that. Yeah, he was amazing.
1: Great. Tom, I understand that that you may have experienced rejection at one time. I wonder if you can tell us with uh, about how you you deal with that and and get up, pick yourself back up and and so on.
3: Oh, yeah. I've uh, I've been rejected by the best. <laughs> I dealt with publishers for years before. I moved to Nashville, and then I became a publisher.
1: <coughs>
3: Excuse me. So I got to see both sides of the fence. As a writer, uh, when I was writing songs, many publishers, uh, like uh, Tommy West, he was Jim Croce's producer, I would send Tommy songs, and Tommy would send send me a note back and say, keep it up, Tom, I know you're going to send me a hit. You know, Those things really inspired me to uh, write more and write more uh, just little notes from people like him um, and uh, co-writing with Jimmy Crane uh, which uh, he wrote the song Hurt for Elvis Presley um, you know, Jimmy was funny and he was always helpful to me and uh, um, the dealing with the, the, the publishing uh, you have to expect rejection uh, I would guess that uh, 90% of what you uh, send in to a publisher is probably just going to be scooted off a desk into a trash can. Uh, That's the honest truth. I mean, that's, uh, I didn't do that as a publisher, uh, but I know it existed in Nashville because it was impossible. You take a producer like uh, Jimmy Bowen at the time there's no way he could go through, um, you know, five or six hundred tapes a day in the envelopes. So they would hire uh, uh, a couple of college students to go through the, the tapes that probably didn't even like country music. And uh, you have to see uh, the business end of it. They just don't have time uh the best thing advice I could give to any writer who is trying to be published by a legitimate publisher is get to know people who are involved with that publisher. get to know people in the business
1: yeah I agree with you completely i uh I do some publishing i get a not a day goes by that I get a manuscript and i just it's just overwhelming the amount of stuff that comes in. I'd like to follow up a little bit and ask you about what's the secret ingredient to collaborating? Because a lot of comedy teams they don't make it, but you've worked with a lot of different people, and just tell us what makes for a good collaboration.
3: Uh, well, first of all, I love writing with other people. Uh, I love the mingling of of, of two minds. Um, I think what. Uh, makes a good collaboration is people that just click if you have a good time performing or writing together um if you really like each other that is so important uh uh, i'm sure in the past that there's been you know it's been business and business with very little friendship and and anything uh usually something like that is uh uh, a publisher or record company uh has put two people together to uh to do an act or to write a play or whatever but uh i think that you really uh, to me i would say the best material comes from uh two two or three people who really like each other and who enjoy writing together
0: well, that certainly does make sense, and that leads me to the next question uh, and your thoughts on this it, it brings to mind that somebody sent me something in on email, and I just thought it was hilarious. I was trying to read it to my husband and i was I, I was laughing so hard that i couldn't I could hardly read it. He had no idea. He didn't get it. He did not understand what I was talking about, but he laughed at me laughing. That's yeah. what he got more of a joke out of is, you know, watching me laugh, and he was just not understanding because when I, he actually told me after when I stopped laughing is that that was a female joke, and he didn't get it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking, uh-huh. aha. <laughs> Maybe that's why some of the stuff that I hear, I'm just kind of like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah
0: so how do how do you write do you like pick a target audience and that's who you write to and the rest sort of float off somewhere or how do you get both sexes involved here and, so that both will find it funny i mean I, you know that was such an example for me to really think about.
3: yeah um i know what you mean uh um i have uh stories that i write once in a while uh, about a a redneck couple named Sissy Sissy Mae and Baba Fred. And, uh, I I actually get a lot more uh, comments uh, of women uh, rolling on the floor laughing at these things than, uh, than I do men. I mean, the men will come on and say they're funny or they'll make a remark, but the women will give me praise because uh, they thought it was hilarious. And, i don't think I think it's just some people are, are going to get it, and some aren't, so you pretty much have to write what you think is funny uh. I mean uh, my wife hears me laughing in front of the laptop all the time, uh, and she knows she knows I'm writing comedy, you know
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, and sometimes she'll read it and, and she'll get she'll get it, and then sometimes she won't but uh, that's okay you know i don't, i I'm not a narcissist <laughs> you know i uh, i just and I know that everything I write isn't good, and everything I write isn't funny for the most part, but I write, I just keep writing uh, I write every day uh, uh, every chance I get. Uh, your husband laughing at you laughing
0: uh-huh
3: oh, that's cool. I love that. <laughs>
0: well it was cool but he didn't get it
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, but that's the best
3: part about it you know that proves he loves you he loves you enough to laugh oh
0: that was yeah that was funny so are there some particular topics that in general people find funnier than others
3: uh yeah I think uh, I think I think relationships are probably the top comedic thing. People, uh, some comedians are a genius with relationships. Uh, like Christopher Titus, for example, uh, the guy is just he, he's an amazing comic, and he takes you from uh, you know the very uh, gut of tragedy. Uh, to rolling on the floor, I mean okay. the guy is just he he's amazing if you ever he's really got the knack to make people laugh uh, really that's that I think that is the bottom line is uh is having that confidence within you um, and having something behind you. Uh, I hate to call it paying your dues um, i mean I hated hearing that when I was nineteen years old. Uh, from producers and, uh, you know, record executives, you know, it's like, boy, you, you have to pay your dues. And I never understood that. Um, but I think with most great artists, uh, there is a line of tragedy behind them. And it, it's sad that it's that way, but that's uh, uh, the truth.
0: Well, the thing is, too, with tragedy, it's great that we can turn that around and make light of it.
3: Oh, absolutely! And That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. So, before we uh, close, Tom, is there anything that you would like to, maybe some tidbits or something, tell our listening audience that maybe have a tinge of wanting to experiment with writing humor or satire or parodies?
3: Yeah, if you if you want to write uh, a parody, go for a serious song. A serious love song, and just make it ridiculous uh always think have the ridiculous in the back of your mind because the ridiculous is the funny part in writing satire uh I think it's 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 pretty much the same rule, only a little bit uh, just go a little bit lighter and a little more serious and uh uh try to have more dry humor sat satire definitely has more dry humor in it. And the best advice I could give anyone for writing, uh, for for writing comedy, is to uh, uh, write from your very soul. You know, don't be afraid of what you're writing. Don't be afraid that someone will be offended, um, or someone is uh, is uh, not going to accept you as a writer. You know, you're going to have millions of people not accept you as a writer that makes no difference. Uh, uh, fame is just a name in life. It n- it's, it's nothing more. Uh, there are thousands upon thousands of great writers in the world. Um, I, I've, I'm amazed when I get online and I read some of the writings that uh, everyday people do, housewives, uh, mechanics, painters, uh, house painters and uh, You know, it's just, uh, people are, uh, it is amazing. Uh, uh, I love the internet because of that, because people can get on and share their stories. Um, But the moment you start putting fame and fortune, if you start writing through the filter of fame and fortune, you're going to lose the heart of your writing. Uh, You have to write for yourself. You have to write because you love it. If you don't love it, then you're pretty much wasting your time. You'd be better off going fishing.
0: That is some really good advice, Tom. So if anybody in our listening audience would like to connect with you, would you like to share your website or your Facebook address with them?
3: Oh, sure. Well, they can just uh, find me. uh, It's Tom Cornett on Facebook uh, at Mm Facebook.com.
0: And that's Tom, and it's C. O R N E double T. Yes. Um, Cornette, thank you so much for being with us and sharing some great um, tips for um, any of those that are just kind of maybe thinking about if they would like to write humor or, or satire or parodies or whatever sort of you know get out of that box and give themselves the chance to experience it. Thank you so much for uh, being with us.
1: Oh, no, thank you. Thank you, Victor. You're welcome. I'd like to remind everyone to stick around as the show closes because we're going to play a complete Tom Cornett song, The Pussy Cow, right after we read the closing credits. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode Going past traditional publishing and self-publishing instead with special guest Joel Friedlander. We'd love to hear your comments about tonight's show. Please send them to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press.
0: And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson in Austin, Texas saying good night.
1: And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.
2: The strangest thing happened in the genetic lab A sperm and egg were mixed by accident The egg was from a cow The sperm was from a cat It grew into an ugly thing that went moo ya moo ya It was a pussy cow. Front legs were a foot long with cat claws The hind legs were a cow's with hooves We had to feed it mice and milk and straw It had a kitty face and a cow snoot Moo-yow Moo-yow It was a pussy cow Walked like Godzilla with a rash. Its fluffy ten foot tail would curl and swing. The hide was like a Guernsey on its backs. And the belly calico with fuzzy rings. Moo Moo It was a pussy cow. found it rolled up in a ball one day Trying to feed itself on its udder It broke its neck while flopping in the hay Then we all had cat burgers for supper Moo-yow Moo-yow It was a pussy cow Busty pussy cow